You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Good morning and welcome to America's Web Radio and the Georgia Military Veterans Hall of Fame Hour is on the air and we've got a great guest today. We've got Mr. Bob Babcock on, Robert O. Babcock, and uh, Robert is the author of I'm Ready to Talk, and it's uh, tales from veterans in Vietnam that went to Vietnam, and uh, as I, Bob and I, Robert and I have been talking off and on, uh, you get, you get uh, two veterans together, and you've got probably uh, 150, 200 tales or more, and um, that's just the way it is. And uh, this is a great book. And Robert, welcome to America's Web Radio. Proud to be here, David, and call me Bob. Everybody knows me by Bob. Okay, sir, Bob, sir. <laughs> that was the way I was taught out in Fort Ord, sir. So, anyway, it's, uh, this is uh, the greatest read you'll ever buy, uh, particularly if you are a Vietnam veteran. And um, I love the map that uh, is in the front of the book and uh, identifies so many places. And as I make it very, very clear on this show that, uh, yes, I served in the uh, military during the Vietnam era, but I did not go to Vietnam. I have... A lot of friends that did, and uh, uh, many, unfortunately, didn't return. And this brings up um, one of our other little side projects that we're very proud of, or, or that we're very proud of promoting, and that's the uh, Johns Creek, Georgia Healing Wall. And uh, Johns Creek bought the half-size replica of the... Uh, Vietnam Wall in Washington, D.C. This wall was the one that traveled all over the country, and uh, Johns Creek wound up buying it, and they're giving it a permanent home in Johns Creek, Georgia, and we invite any and everyone to come by and see it. It'll The uh, ceremony, opening ceremony should be around March the 29th, I believe it is, so we're a few months away before it's ready, but uh, it's going to be quite a thing. And and um, we had Roger Wise on last week, uh, Bob. I do you know Roger? I've met him. Yes. I think uh, sort of everybody knows him actually. But anyway, we had uh, Roger on, and he was talking about when he was at the wall, and. Uh, a lady and a young man were there, and the young man was doing the etching on a sheet of paper of a name. And uh, the young man stood up, and and he knew Roger from someplace or something, and and uh, said, "You're Mr. Wise, aren't you?" And, he, and Roger said, "Yes." And he said, "Well, I just wanted you to know, I met my dad today, and uh, his mother was." three months pregnant with him when his father went to Vietnam and didn't come home. And uh, that just, you know, that just sort of tells the story of the wall and uh, what it means to people to uh, have an end to or, you know, it's either an end or a beginning, depending on how you look at it. 
And before we get too far into the show, I wanted to do something that we normally leave up to Paul, uh, who was one the founder of the uh, Georgia Military Veterans Hall of Fame uh, and is also our chaplain. But I just want to say a quick prayer that uh, thank you for this season. Thank you for this, our military and our country and uh, the fact that you've given us the strongest military over the years and it's always been led by God and uh, we love our country and if you can if you've got a little bit more in your pocket left give it to any veteran you can or any veteran association to to uh, support the veterans God bless the USA the United States of America our military past present and future amen so, Amen. Very well said. Thank you. And uh, we've got this book, <laughs> as we were talking earlier, I love it. Uh, I believe you have a name for, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, most books you start at the beginning and you work towards the back. Um, what did you call this book? I called this is a great bathroom book. <laughs> and that's not as in... Sears and Roebuck. This is in. That's keep... absolutely correct. This is great reading material in short segments, and it's beautiful because it doesn't matter. And and I took my copy that you were kind enough to send me. I took it home, and uh, sitting on the couch in front, I lit a fire the other night. It was cold enough to have a fire in the fireplace, so I I was sitting on my couch watching the fire and thought, well. Okay, I'm going to start reading Bob's book. And uh, what I found was the beautiful part about this, you can start on the last page if you want to, or the middle of it, or any place else you want to start. And you've got, like I said to begin with, I don't think you can put two veterans together that you won't come up with at least 100, 150 stories between the two of them. And this book is exactly that. It's... uh, and everybody experienced, I don't care if you were in the same camp, you experienced different things in Vietnam. And uh, and everybody had their own view of it. And, you know, there's that one guy that's in every picture that has his shirt off. He's in a fire base, has his shirt off, and his dog tags hanging around his neck. And that picture, I think, is everywhere. But I guarantee you the other guy that was in the other shot um, had a different story. And uh, it doesn't matter which branch you were in, you got a story. And Robert? No question about that. And uh, do you want me to give a quick summary on what this book is, sure. uh, David? Sure. This, uh, this, this, is a pro- this book is a project that I have been passionate about for many, many years. I did my first War Stories book back in 1998 uh, with World War II veterans primarily, but also some Vietnam veterans and Cold War veterans. And what I was finding is I went to 4th Infantry Division reunions. I would sit and listen to World War II vets tell their stories about D-Day liberating Uh, Paris, the Hurtgen Forest, the Battle of the Bulge, and I was fascinated. Uh, 
Then I'd come back next week saying, where's Charlie? Or not next week, next year. Where's Charlie? And they say, well, Charlie died. Well, nuts, because that means his stories went with him. So when I became president of the National 4th Infantry Division Association, I took it upon myself to reserve stories of our World War II vets, and as I said, some Cold War and some Vietnam. And that book came out in 2001, has been very well received. I've republished it on two different occasions, on the 70th anniversary and this year on the 75th anniversary of World War II. And that idea is what kicked me off, that we Vietnam veterans are the same age in our 70s now that the World War II vets were when I started beating up on them for stories. So the Atlanta Vietnam Veteran Business Association, which we call ABVBA, uh, veterans are from all branches of the service, from all ranks, from uh, every year of the war. And this book, 650 pages long, is a compilation of stories from each of our experiences. You know, there's there's another message here that I was just thinking about, and everybody should take it to heart. And I bet you at Deeds Publishing, you'd even consider publishing some of them. But what uh, I'm going to say, I don't know of a family in existence that didn't have a grandfather or an uncle or an aunt or a grandmother, whatever the case might be, that didn't have either sayings or stories. And it's never too late to get those recorded and down and, and transcribed where they could be published because a lot of them, once they're, once they're gone, they're gone. And every family hasn't. And I think, I think Bob has done this not just for families but for a whole fraternity of people and sorority of people called people that have served in the military and served in Vietnam particularly now. And uh, I want to put this book up and uh, let everybody take a look at it on Facebook. Ready to Talk, Vietnam Veteran. And, uh, you know, Bob, I'm sure you'll back this up as well, is that uh, Vietnam was such a different war. And this, this sounds a little bit nutty, but I'll agree to it. Uh, in some ways, World War II was somewhat more sterile, somewhat cleaner. Uh, we had never gotten into a situation like Vietnam. And a lot of veterans don't want to talk and, unless you are a veteran. And you certainly served your time in, in Vietnam. And, uh, you know, this is just something that uh, we... Uh, we look at and, and uh, it takes a while for a person to talk about some of their experiences. So, would you agree with that, Bob? David, you're cutting out on me. I'm, I'm I just suddenly you went almost blank on me, so I missed the last part. David, but you're uh, cutting out on. You hear me okay? Yeah, I can hear you just fine. Okay, I, now I'm hearing you again, but just say again that last sentence, that question you asked me. Uh, 
just that unless unless you've been there and done that, a lot of uh, veterans won't talk to just a stranger walking down the street. In got fact, it. yeah, um, got it. Okay. I, so, bottom line, uh, there are a lot of veterans. Well, virtually all of us. When we came home from Vietnam, back whether it be in the '60s or the '70s. Nobody wanted to listen to us. We were basically ignored, if we were lucky. Uh, later in the war, people were spit on, and we had, as we know, we had riots. And, you know, the Vietnam vet was painted as a drug addict, baby killer. Uh, you know, we were, so we just kept our mouth shut, most of us. Uh, we had some friends like John Kerry who got in front of Congress and called us and really made us bad, so... I'm not a John Kerry fan <laughs> or a Jane Fonda fan. But nevertheless, we all know that history. But since the uh, desert storm happened and since the current uh, wars and the global war on terror is going on, the American public is waking up and starting to recognize that freedom is not free. And all of us veterans did our part. Vietnam was not a popular war. Uh, I don't think any war is a popular war, but they're necessary. And uh, we are at an age now, in our 70s, as I said, that we Vietnam vets need to start talking. My wife, Jan, came up with the title for this book, which I think is a fabulous book. And everybody that's seen it and looked at it loves the title, uh, loves the cover, and they open it up and they are amazed at the variety of different pictures that paint the tapestry of the Vietnam War from those of us who were there, boots on the ground, or in the air, or in the waters surrounding Vietnam. You know, and like I said with that map, Oh, I remember that place, or, you know, I went through that place, or whatever, and so forth. And uh, not a Vietnam veteran alive. I'm losing can... you again, David. Okay, well, is that better? I, I'm not sure why you're... <laughs> okay, is that better? Yeah, that's better. Okay, um... Anyway, your book covers everything almost uh, from the standpoint of uh, the map, the stories, and uh, like I said earlier, a, a Vietnam vet is going to relate to another Vietnam vet. With that being said, we're going to take a um, moment out for a quick break, and we will be back with Bob Babcock right after this. Merry Christmas. I'm Patty LeVan, owner of Multiland Mortgage Services, Inc. We've partnered with nationally known wholesale lenders throughout the country that offer a wide variety of home loan programs. We can find the right home loan that will suit your financial needs. Multiland Mortgage Services, your way home. Call us at 941-201-9111 or check out our website at multilandmortgage.com. Company founded by Joseph DePowers, NMLS 158-989, licensed in Georgia and Florida. Came into my office to talk to you because the cell phone signal's much better here. Uh, but for whatever reason, it, it's fading. And 
so they'll know what it is. Next time I'm going to come over there and we'll do it over there when we have it. But we got to finish this hour. So if your health insurance premium uh, is more than your mortgage, you Ellen Deal with Ideal here. Solutions is here okay. to help. Well, Whether you're a small uh, business owner, individual, family, I, I, or baby uh, boomer, email maga45cag at gmail.com and I'll respond with three easy questions okay, to help here, you determine here, if you yeah, can get away from Obamacare. As a 20-year veteran of the insurance industry, yep. I'm here to help with all your uh, insurance so needs. Email Ellen Deal at MAGA45CAG at gmail.com. We'll come back very shortly. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Okay, and we're back on America's Web Radio, and uh, we're talking to Bob Babcock, and he is the author of Ready to Talk. And it is a fantastic book about uh, the stories of Vietnam veterans. And uh, there's no question that all veterans uh, have a story to tell, and they do. And you get a couple in a room, and you'll get uh, a thousand and one different stories. So anyway, we're back with Bob. And, Bob, thank you for taking off the time to uh, join us. And also, you're the... uh, President, I, I assume president, but you have a publishing company called Deeds Publishing in Athens, Georgia. Yes, sir. I founded this um, company in 2005 after I retired from a 34-year IBM career, and we have now published over 325 books of various genres in the uh, past 15 years. Um, My favorite books to publish are military and memoir, but we do a, a, excuse me, a wide variety of books of all genres. And um, How does someone someone come to you and uh, say, you know, do you decide, or well, obviously you decide whether you want to publish it or not, but... uh, you know what? How does a person contact you, and what are the, you know, five easy steps, or ten steps, or five hundred steps? Well, simplest way is to go to www.deedspublishing.com, and you go to our website, and it gives you all the instructions on how to submit a manuscript uh, to get in touch with us. Uh, we've got an info at deeds publishing.com uh, email address and that comes direct to me and I'm quick to answer it because uh, unlike some publishers I believe in customer service and try to keep something moving from the minute I see it uh, I don't take everything that comes my way but uh, we love working with first time authors and with repeat authors and with authors who have had less than pleasant experiences with other publishers so we we handle all kinds of authors but again my favorites are military memoirs and uh that's what we're going to focus on more in the years going forward so do you all do everything from design to cover to printing yes sir we do that we don't physically print them ourselves but we do the whole thing we do the editing the assessment, the editing, the layout, the design, uh, the cover design, the back cover, spine, the whole deal. 
Uh, we make ebooks for every book that we do, as well as paper and or hardback covers. Uh, and we print through Ingram, which is the world's largest wholesale book distributor. Uh, we've got worldwide distribution of all our books. Uh, Amazon gets them, uh, Barnes and Noble books a million, mom and pop bookstores around the world. So, uh, you come to us, you're going to get access to a great distribution network, the experience of 325 books we've published, uh, and dealing with people who believe in integrity. And if your baby is ugly, we will tell you your baby <laughs> is ugly and why we think that. And if you're trying to go down a path that we don't think is very going to be successful for you, we will tell you why we think that. Uh, but once again, you control your book, and we provide the service and experience that will help uh, those that are new to the business and those that have been around for a while that are looking for a different publisher. Let me ask you, it seems like everybody, not everybody obviously, but a lot of folks are writing books these days. So is it that they that everybody thinks they have a that interesting a story to tell? Or what are you seeing in that? Well, yeah, you know, with the new technology and the, uh, the companies, which uh, Amazon's one of them, uh, who make it easy for anybody to publish a book. The market is glutted with books. Uh, back when you and I were growing up, uh, books were only came from the great big publishing houses, and we didn't have print-on-demand. We didn't have e-books. But, uh, so, yeah, there's lots coming out. Uh, some of them shouldn't ever be published, but that's... It's a great experience to go through the process. People who get rich publishing are few and far between, but people who have the right mindset and desire to get their story, whether it be a novel, whether it be a memoir, whether it be something you believe in. Just this morning I signed a contract with a gentleman who has a political viewpoint book, and his politics are different than mine, but I'm publishing it for him, and uh, he's going to enjoy driving it once it comes out next spring. And then uh, do you also uh, work with them as far as uh, lining up uh, book signings and all this type of thing? Uh, we can do that, but we have found, because we deal with authors all over the country, and that's best done if they identify and go knock on the door of the places where they want to do book signings. Uh, you know, bookstores are a great place to do book signings, but everybody and his brother goes there, so they're inundated. Uh, there's lots of other places to set up book signings. I mean, it could be in uh, civic associations who are like to have authors come in and talk to them uh, during a lunch meeting or an evening meeting and sell books, or I'm signed up for the Saturday before Christmas over on uh, in East Cobb County uh, to do a book signing of this book. I'm ready to talk uh, from 10 o'clock to 3 o'clock 
because people are getting desperate and books make great gifts and military books especially make great gifts for the hard to buy for man in your life well i tell you uh as far as i'm concerned this is a the perfect gift particularly for the vietnam veteran uh well the, the, let me jump in there david I think we're going to see over time. Yeah, there's no question Vietnam veterans are going to say, yeah, these guys actually were there. They're telling it like it was, and I can identify with that. But I think more importantly, the families, the friends, the grandkids of any Vietnam vet is going to learn if, if Grandpa didn't tell the story or won't tell the story, but they still want to know they can find stories of people who served at similar time and in similar capacities as Grandpa did, and they can get an idea, and then maybe they can go to Grandpa and say, hey, I've been reading this thing. Uh, What did you do uh, when you ran into kids in a Vietnamese village? Tell me about some experiences you might have had there. So it'll help a... uh, an interested American to know what to ask veterans. So I think it's going to be wider than just Vietnam vets. If our school systems will let it in. No. Uh, I'm going to tackle that. In fact, I've already contacted a couple of schools where I've gone to speak in the past. And uh, this book just came out on 3rd of December, so it's brand new. And I am... uh, swamped with getting other books out, but I'm going to put a full court press on this book starting first of next year, and I plan this to be a high project for me for quite a while. Well, we're certainly going to keep pushing it on America's Web Radio and on the um, Georgia Military Veterans Hall of Fame Hour, and uh, it's just it's uh, it's just super. That's, that's all I can say about it. With that being said, we're going to take our next break. We'll be back with Bob Babcock right after this. You can keep your doctor, you can keep your plan, and every family will save thousands of dollars a year. I'm Ellen Deal, and if you've been hurt by the Affordable Care Act, you can email MAGA45CAG at gmail.com to see if we can help. Small business owners, individuals, families, and baby boomers, email MAGA45CAG at gmail.com for three easy questions to determine if you can get away from Obamacare. I'm a 20-year veteran of the insurance industry and here to help you for all your insurance needs. Seasons greetings. I'm Patty LeVan, owner of Multiline Mortgage Services, Inc. Let's talk about reverse mortgages for seniors 62 and older. Reverse mortgages were designed to free up money that seniors can use at their discretion in retirement. Let us help you determine if this program is right for you. We'll help you choose the right lender and walk you through the loan process. Multiline Mortgage Services, your way home. Call us at 941-201-9111 or check out our website at multilinemortgage.com. Company founded by Joseph DePal. Powers, NMLS 158-989, licensed in Georgia and Florida.
Good morning. My name is Mike Mizell. I'm a retired Army colonel and president of the Johns Creek Veterans Association. We meet in Newtown Park, and part of one of our projects is the installation of the Healing Wall, the half-scale model of the Vietnam Wall that traveled the United States. Well, it's coming to rest, and it's going to live in Johns Creek forever, the half-scale model. We're looking at a possibly a march implementation ribbon cutting ceremony and we're looking for donors and sponsors that want to help us in this great project you can donate at jcvets.org you're listening to america's web radio on the america's broadcast network.com thank you for listening and we're back with Bob Babcock and his book that he's written. And uh, it's all about the stories of veterans, Vietnam veterans. And it's called I'm Ready to Talk. And, uh, Bob, again, we want to thank you for coming on America's Web Radio and uh, the Georgia Military Veterans Hall of Fame Hour and talking about your book. And uh, I just, <laughs> I love it. And it's, uh, I'm so lazy I need a book like yours because this way I don't have to remember what happened in the last chapter to go on to the next chapter. I just pick it up and whichever place I want to go, I go and read it. And I think it's better than for just a bathroom read. So, what, uh, what was it like talking to these veterans? Well, I have been active with veterans uh, since about 1990 is when I went to my first 4th Infantry Division Association uh, veterans meeting. And the first time I ever did anything was when the three-man statue was dedicated at the wall uh, back in 1985, I believe it was. I took my wife with me to that, and Jan was, uh, she was a teenager during the Vietnam War, so she didn't know much about it, and it was an eye-opener for her, and uh, she started understanding part of why I am so uh, dedicated to this, that she's lived through it over the time. In fact, at the front of the book, uh, Jan introduces who I am and talks about her uh, years of, of living and working with me and putting up with me because of my passion for working with veterans. Uh, so the thing about we have 117 different veterans in this book. And in that 117, we have about five or six wives also who have told their stories and they're from all walks of life, from every branch of the service, from every uh, rank. Uh, we've got stories that are funny. We've got stories that are heartbreaking. We've got stories that uh, are educational. Uh, it, it's very interesting to uh, to me as these came in and as as the stories started flowing once I got the members of the Atlanta Vietnam Veteran Business Association to understand that it's time for them to say I'm ready to talk 
and I think I got their attention back in August. And between then and the time I did a cutoff in 1st of October, uh, I was inundated with stories, and every one of them's a good story. The education level of the Vietnam vet is so much better than that of the World War II vet. So these are longer stories, and these are better written stories. And as I said, it covers everything. You know, nobody thinks about Navy SEALs in uh, Vietnam, but they were there. Uh, oh, yeah. Rusty Redding would made, did two tours as a Navy SEAL Team 1 guy. That was a lot earlier than SEAL Team 6 you hear about today. You know, he's one that's got one. We've got a, a naval aviator flying an A-1 World War II uh, airplane off a carrier who shot down a North Vietnamese MiG jet airplane back in 1964, I believe it was. Uh, we've got a guy in the Air Force who flew his C-130 into Saigon on the 29th of April, 1975, filled it up with evacuees, refugees. They were getting the ship, the, the airplane next to his was hit with a rocket and blew up. He got out of there, and the next day on the 30th, he was headed back to Saigon to pick up more people when he was radioed and told to go back because Saigon had fallen. Those are just a couple of examples, and they're just all kinds of examples of um, the variety. Like I say, it's a tapestry. If all the threads in a tapestry are there, it's a beautiful thing to look at. When vets don't tell their story, it's like a tapestry that's had a lot of threads pulled out of it, and it's not nearly as pretty or as complete. You know, I, I would sort of wrap this up or wrap the book up is not not a you know i guess there's a term called a read and that's that can cover novels or um you know anything else i guess but i would i would wrap your book up as an experience and every page and everybody that's different um it's an experience you 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 can feel like you're with them almost yeah, I thought of the question, too. How many of the uh, interviewees, and you made a point that uh, a, a lot of uh, the folks that you interviewed were better educated than, than the folks that uh, went, were in World War II. With that being said, how many of the, the, the people that you interviewed had literally carried a diary or kept a diary, a day-to-day -day or week-to-week -week type diary? I don't know how many did that. I know Rick Lester, for one, has kept the diary forever, and he's got some great details in his stories. Uh, I didn't. I did not. But what I have is all the letters that I wrote home from Vietnam have been preserved and saved, and I have those. And that is what has really helped me pull up my memories. And, and just another point. I did not interview these people. This, these are stories written sitting down at their keyboard on their computer and sent to me in Microsoft Word format straight from the brain to the fingers to the computer of each individual vet. So 
they did it on their own time, in their own space, thinking back on their own memories. And uh, I have been absolutely gobsmacked, as somebody said, (laughs) about how great these stories are and how heartfelt they are. Is there, uh, and and this is the only hardball question I'm going to ask, but I'm sure somebody else has asked it in the past. Uh, verification. is Was there or is there or was there any on, on when uh, Joe Smith sent in uh, his story? Uh, I tell you what, I, I look at my fellow veterans, particularly those of us who live by the proud, professional, patriotic uh, motto of the Atlanta Vietnam Veteran Business Association. And I said, if this person is a veteran, I trust that he or she is a person of integrity. And while their story may lack a little bit when measured against history, it is the memory of we 70-year-old on average people uh, what we recall. So I I have my BS meter on at all times, so <laughs> if I saw something that I said, I don't believe that, uh, but I didn't get that. I mean, the sincerity of these stories has blown everybody away. I had three guys who are members of AVBBA, four of them really, who edited the stories after I did all the editing because I wanted them to do another edit but also give another sniff test to it. And every one of them came back absolutely thrilled with what they read. And it's, um, I think you get this book, you're going to find out that it's hard to put down and that's 650 pages you can't read it all at once but you'll keep wanting to come back with it well like i like i said earlier i've been reading and it it just you just pick it up and you start reading and and you're you're not not any further ahead or not any further behind you're you're just there reading a story about uh, a time that uh like i said i was in the vietnam era did not go to vietnam but uh, certainly a lot of friends did, and um, many of them are in the Georgia, I say not many of my friends, but there are many Vietnam veterans in the Georgia Military Veterans Hall of Fame and also uh, have been very supportive of the uh, Johns Creek Healing Wall. And we're the, the Vietnam veterans, in my opinion, and your book is going to, help wonders it'll be incredible um but vietnam veterans those that served in, went in country uh, are finally getting their i don't want to say rewards but just getting the respect that they didn't get when they came back from vietnam and uh i i never understood it i i was ordered not to wear my uniform through when I was traveling, and I didn't. Um, but 
somehow or the other your haircut might give you away in an air in a air base or air, airport but anyway um it, it was just i couldn't believe it because i had grown up as i'm sure you did i've respected the military since the revolution the revolutionary war and how our militias fought the well-trained british and we won and then you know it's just gone from there world war Two, we saved europe and um then to have our military treated like they were when they came back from Nam was just beyond me. And, uh, the, you know, and this is sort of like what happened uh, down in Pensacola the other day and at Fort Hood as well. And I think they're finally wising up to the point that they're going to let folks carry. Uh, they can carry off base, but they can't carry on base, and yet that's, where they were trained and you know nobody ever points this out and i and i haven't read it yet in the book of somebody walking to an airport but the restraint that the military officers and enlisted show were showing during the during 65 to 70 75 when all of the everybody returned from nam the restraint that the military showed when people were doing deplorable things, throwing blood at them, spitting on them, or trying to spit on or whatever. And yet, it's amazing that you didn't hear about a bunch of fights breaking out. I tell you, we have an interesting story in the book that uh, that you triggered me. Uh, this this guy, Dan Bennett, was a uh, navigator on first the AC-47, uh, what we call Spooky, or Puff the Mag- uh, Dra- Magic Dragon, who was a gunship. And then he went back over later on his second tour on a C-119 gunship, I believe it was. And he did his tour. You know, they were hosing down the Ho Chi Minh Trail going after targets. And he came back uh, home, and they told him to take their uniform off, but he was flying from L.A. on back to the East Coast, and he didn't take it off until he got uh, to L.A. to put on civilian. He was heading for the restroom to change clothes, and some protesters came and attacked him. So naturally, being a guy fresh out of Vietnam, your reflexes and your caution is always at the high peak so he slugged the guy back bottom line he's the one that got thrown in the jail in los angeles and left there for two or three days before they finally let him out so thank god i didn't go through that most of us didn't but there are those incidents and we've got one of those in the book that uh talks about one of those bad incidents Incredible, absolutely incredible, and that's when you know I uh, we're all Americans, and we should have total respect for our military. They're the ones that keep us free. With that being said, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be back with Bob Babcock and his book, Ready to Talk, right after this. 
Happy holidays. I'm Patty LeVan, owner of Multiline Mortgage Services, Inc. Call us for details about our conventional loans with as little as 3% down or talk to us about our FHA, VA, and USDA loan options. We answer your questions with honesty and integrity because that's how we roll. Multiline Mortgage Services, your way home. Call us at 941-201-9111 or check out our website at multilinemortgage.com. Company founded by Joseph D. Powers, NMLS 158-989, licensed Georgia and Florida. Okay, Bob, I'm going to do something, and I'm sure everybody will remember these, but here's one for you. Ain't no What's sense that? in going home. Ain't no sense in going home. Jody's got your girl and gone. Jody's got your girl and gone. Ain't no sense in feeling blue. Ain't no okay, sense uh, in feeling blue. Jody's got your sister too. Jody got your sister too. I think you've got your phone in your pocket or something. So I think I'm hearing you through the phone. So maybe if you'd lay that out no, no, uh, in front of you. No, it's that not that good. It's through the board. Tell by your car you like okay. to party. Tell by your car you like to party. Come to the dormitory after 10. Come to the dormitory after 10. Make us clean it up again. Make us clean it up again. Well, enough of that. I we were I was playing a Jody for you, but obviously you couldn't hear it. Nope, I couldn't hear it. Well, that's too bad because they're fun. And uh, a lot of them, you know, we've talked about this, and you might be able to point out one of the stories in your book uh, about it in that uh, so many, I don't want to just say sayings, but things that I've got your six, uh, meaning I got your back, or, uh, you know, whatever the saying might have been. Did you reference any of those or, or any of those in your book? Oh, yeah, we've got lots of those because it's, you know, the the terminology, you know, I've got your six because, you know, you work in the military, uh, 12 o'clock is north, uh, 6 o'clock is south, it's the hands of the clock, and, you know, that's a, everybody understands, I got your six, if you're going north, they got your back, so they're going to protect you, uh, a lot of the things that are included, at one time we thought we were going to put a uh, glossary of military terms in the book, but the book got so big, I said, we can't waste space <laughs> on glossary. These, talk, these stories are too good. Uh, so what I suggest at the beginning of the book is, if you don't understand something, ask a veteran, and that will show that veteran that, you care, and they will explain it because all us veterans talk the same language. And uh, then who knows? They may start telling you more. So that's part of why my target audience is not so much the Vietnam vet, but all of those will enjoy the book. It is for those people who know, love, like, or friends with a Vietnam vet. You know, like. <laughs> A couple of other quick pieces that uh, just triggered me. You've heard about Martha Ray, who was a great uh, help over there in Vietnam going up. You know, she was a nurse. She was in the military. Uh, 
She could have. She could have put Vietnam. She could have put uh, Vietnam in her mouth. With the story in it was her escort during one of her uh, shows performances that she did up in the northern part of Vietnam, and it's a fascinating story. Uh, we've also got people who uh, tell stories about Bob Hope, who came over every year for a Christmas time. Uh, and then we also have a Jewish rabbi assistant who was there when there were only two Jewish rabbis in Vietnam. And it's fascinating about how he covered the whole country to uh, provide uh, service to the, the Jewish soldiers. And then another one, John Frazier, who I have known forever, is a uh, was a chaplain. He was a Protestant chaplain in the 25th Division, and on his second tour was with a radio, radio relay unit. He talks about his experiences, and one of the ones that grabbed me is between his two tours, he was in a small post up in uh, Pennsylvania, I believe it was, and he got a bluebell report came in. And he said, what's a bluebell report? So that's a casualty notification. And as a chaplain, he had to go out to tell the family that their soldier had been killed. And he had a number of these that he did. And in this first case, it happened to be a guy that he, when he saw the guy, the boys, the boys, the soldier's picture on the mantle in the house, was a guy that he had served with in the 25th Division. Uh, there's more to that story, and I'll let you read it in the book. But it's a um, all these things. I mean, I, I can go on and on to all forever about the the unique pieces because every part of the Vietnam experience almost uh, is covered in the book. We even have people that talk about graves registration and being on an airplane full of body bags. So oh, that's yeah. not one of the more pleasant stories, but it's reality. Hey, let me ask, Did uh, in the book, did you interview or, or get stories from any uh, conscientious objectors? I uh, don't believe so. I have published a book, uh, uh, Vietnam Combat Medic, which was written by a conscientious objector who was in the same division, the 4th Infantry Division, a different unit that I was in at the same time I was in. I published that book last year, and it's getting great stuff. And I personally had a conscientious objector medic who was my platoon medic. So I don't recall in the book that I have any conscientious objectors, but uh, I've had experience with them and published stories about them. And those guys did a heck of a job. In fact, my guy uh, in my platoon earned a bronze star for valor by going out under fire to pick up a squad leader. Uh, and he ended up getting shot in the foot. The medic did. Uh, but he kept working on him. So conscientious uh, objectors had a key role as medics in Vietnam. Oh, it was amazing. And, uh, you know, back during that era, you'd look at somebody, well, I, I'm a conscientious objector, and you'd form an opinion, but then come to find out uh, they did such a, a heck of a job in Vietnam. I want to bring up one other quick thing that um, if you want to, and I know you'll back me up on this, but if if you want one of the best feelings in the world today, 
There's two things you can do if you're traveling. If you're going through an airport and you see anybody in uniform, and uh, they wouldn't let us wear our fatigues back then, but uh, they do now. But if you see some uh, a member of the military, it doesn't matter which branch, buy them a drink or buy them a dinner or buy them lunch or whatever they're doing, and it'll make you feel a whole lot better than it will them other than they will have the feeling that somebody does care. And the same way, too, if you see someone wearing a... I'm a Vietnam veteran cap or uh, America's, uh, what am I trying to say, uh, AF, um, American Foreign Wars, uh, any BMW, kind of, yep. yeah, any kind of, any kind of veterans or anything, buy them a dinner, a drink or whatever, and the feeling you will get will be incredible. I guarantee it. And if it's not, let me know. Um, well, I, I agree with you on that. And it, it's interesting, the cap that is on the cover, and once again, my wife Jan is the one that came up with the idea of having this Vietnam veteran cap on the, on the cover of the book. I wear that cap all the time. I normally, for years and years, wore my 4th Infantry Division cap, but now I wear the Vietnam, the actual cap that's on the cover. Uh, is on my head most of the time and more people come to me and there are a group of people who feel obligated like kind of like saying good morning will say thanks for your service but i've had more people since i started wearing this cap stop me and talk about my brother or my uncle or my grandfather or somebody and they wanted to sincerely thank me for my service and they wanted to sincerely know if there was anything that I might tell them that they hadn't heard from their own relative or friend. I think it's great and uh, the one thing that this is this is this needs to be and I, I think you all are doing it. A lot of Vietnam veterans are because of the treatment that they got coming in uh, from Vietnam or coming in from their post or whatever or fort. But I just don't there, – there's a tendency today that people are already forgetting about Desert Shield and Desert Storm and our role in Afghanistan and everything. And we just – we our military – you know, freedom is not free, just like you said, just like everybody says – and it's a sacrifice. Oh, I, that was something else I wanted to bring up. Just like you pointed out in one of the stories and as we were talking, the sacrifice of the families. And I guess I have two views of that. One is that uh, uh, the regular military, their families, their wives are, quote, unquote, sort of prepared but nobody wants to give up their wife or give up their husband uh, for three months, six months, a year, two years, or whatever. But the ones that were really not prepared are the ones that served in Desert Storm and Desert Shill because our military didn't have the numbers that they needed to uh, go into a war. So in many ways unprepared prepared but still unprepared were the reservists that took up the slack uh, 
and their wives and their husbands, whoever the case might be, were not really prepared. And during all of that period of of, uh, the Middle East, we kept promoting that if you've got a wife next door, the wife of a reservist that's been deployed, offer to help change the light bulbs, offer to help do this or do that. And uh, some of that's still even true today. And I certainly support any neighborhood that will adopt a a serviceman's wife or family and help them. You know, it's amazing what that that husband may not be there all the time anyway, but if he's deployed, he's sure not going to be there for a while. And, uh, again, we support the troops. I I agree with you 100%, David, and, and I'm strong in that respect. And let me interject one piece. If somebody's listening to this and they're intrigued by this book and want to get it, we probably ought to tell them where they can get the book. Absolutely. Go for it. So basically the best place to get the book is on my website at www.deedspublishing.com. And you go to the bookstore and you will find it under new releases and under military. Uh, but you can also, you can get it in Amazon, in paperback, ebook. Uh, you can go to any local bookstore and they can order it for you. The odds are they won't have it on their shelves, but they can order it from Ingram. But it's available, but, uh, you know, any author, any publisher makes more if you buy direct from them than if it goes through uh, Amazon or wholesale channels. Bob, I hope, and we'll keep pushing the book, and uh, you and I are going to talk about uh, a little bit more uh, in the coming weeks. And I want to thank you for being on today on Georgia Military Veterans Hall of Fame Hour. And I want to thank everybody down there, and certainly uh, Mr. or Colonel Rick White, retired, uh, he and Paul, is the, the founder of it, uh, they're just fantastic. And uh, they're open. They're not open on the weekends, but they're open throughout the week, and uh, we encourage you to go. And also mark down March the 29th for the J.C. Healing Wall coming to Johns Creek, Georgia. Bob, thank you so much for today. It's been a, another pleasure having you on. And we're going to have you on many times. I think what we're going to do is make you, me, a grunt, make an officer give a a status report every now and then. That sounds good to me. And Rick White has a great story in the book. So if you know Rick White, you get his story in the book. Yes, sir. Thank you again. And uh, stay tuned for more on America's Web Radio right after a couple of words from from our sponsors. Thank you. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.